Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It is time once again for the Mainland Podcast. This is episode 377. I am your host, Michael Citro, the founder and managing editor of TheMainland.com, an independent website covering Orlando City, the Orlando Pride, OCB, and all things soccer-related in the city. Beautiful. And joining me from Tallahassee, Florida, back from his anniversary vacation, David Rowe. Dave, how you doing? I'm well. Uh... Bucket list uh, concert checked off. Foo Fighters in Virginia. Two and a half hours, 22-hour day for me, including flight up there. And I'm I, I'm pretty sure I'm recovered. Fortunately, uh, the voice is recovered enough <laughs> for the podcast. So it couldn't have, it could not have been timed better. Well, you know, what helped you out quite a bit was that Orlando City gave you nothing to yell about the next night. That is unfortunately very, very true. All right, I, I have to admit, I really don't want to talk too much about this game. Uh, Orlando City went to New York City FC, didn't play at Yankee Stadium. Instead, they played at City Field uh, because they don't actually have a home, uh, right. apparently. So uh, City Field's not quite as narrow as Yankee Stadium, but it's still a garbage, garbage pitch for a soccer game. Professionals should not be playing soccer on a baseball field. And uh, the narrowness of it was just evident because there's just no space and the ball pings around and you, you can't play the way you normally play. And every game on those fields is unwatchable. And I'm not using that as an excuse because as Dagger Dan said, after the game, both teams have to play on it. Yes, they're more used to it, but after a few minutes, you adjust to it. But do you adjust to it, Dave, when you, when you look across the board and you see the, the drops in everyone's passing percentage the the lack of opportunities the lack of touches for the forwards clearly this affected the team uh as did the fact that they came out with very little energy in this game did not move the ball quickly and in a in a tight field like that you have to be quicker and more precise and more decisive and they were none of those three things and they lost the game two nil they did all of that and it's yeah, and I, I don't know why, you know, chalk it up to midweek match in between, um, you know, a big win and a rival coming to Exploria, um, three matches in, I think, nine days. And just it had all the trappings of a trap game. And that's exactly what it ended up being, despite Oscar not really messing with the lineup too much other than Wilder Cartagena being back. Um, it's, yeah, just a... A very meh of a game. Yeah. I mean, every team says, oh, yeah, we're just looking at the next one. And it's it's very cliche. But with this team, the way they played this year, it did seem like they were literal about that next game mentality, not looking ahead. So I, I didn't expect them to get caught in the trap. Um, but Oscar even said after the game, they just didn't have their their quickness. Their energy levels were down. Sometimes that's just travel, um, and that could have been a factor. I mean, there are, there are multiple factors, but the bottom line is that one team traveled, the other team didn't, and played at home on a weird-shaped field. And, you know, that's that's makes things more difficult. But I was optimistic in this game. I, I, I want you to remind our listeners of our score predictions. We were both optimistic. Um, you had a 1-0 win. I had a 2-1 win. Um, and... Uh, we were both wrong, as we often are. Yeah, I think the the bad it was a bad sign that we both picked the same result. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that should have been a clue uh, from the very beginning. 
So, I mean, it started right off the bat. And the, the bottom line was this, this team wasn't good enough at either end of the pitch. It was uh, four minutes in. They gave up. I mean, two New York City players got in behind the back line clear uh, and free. And it was former Lion Andres Perea putting a shot on target from point blank range. Galese makes a big save to keep this thing scoreless early. And it, it, that was a warning sign that the Lions did not heed because the defense in this game, I don't think Janssen was necessarily bad in this game, but this was a tough game for Roger Schlegel and not the best game for either fullback. Although I did think that Dogger Dan was better in this game than the last game against uh, Columbus, but still it was not good enough from the defense and not, not good enough in front of uh, Galese. And in fact, the Lions were pinned back in their half of the field for the first seven minutes of the game. It took a while for them to get their footing. Absolutely. Um, no, not the best game from Schlegel. Santos, uh, just, you know, not, not only not great, but uh, uh, one of the worst performances we've seen from him in a while. Um, you know, Dagger Dan didn't do bad and once again ended up doing double duty once uh, Mikey Halliday came on. So for those who are, you know, upset with Dagger Dan, um, you know, he was the better of the two fullbacks in the, in the early going, as far as I was concerned. And then once again, pulling double duty. So I, I don't know where you can be very upset with him. Yeah, I know I've seen some people online, not a lot, but I've seen some people uh, criticizing Dagger Dan, but the, the bottom line is if Mikey Halliday and Kyle Smith aren't beating him out, then he's the guy that's in there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and he has been there for, you know, several matches, and I, I don't know that that's necessarily going to change. So uh, it goes to, you know, gets to late in the first half. It was a chippy game. There were a lot of fouls in this game, and New York City tried to make this a street fight. Orlando fell into that, and, and that kind of changed the way. Orlando doesn't like to play that way. Orlando likes to play more fluid game, and uh, they're not above, you know, the dark arts for sure, but uh, that was that was a little bit much, and they like the game just kind of devolved into this ugly rock fight. And I thought that that favored New York City, and it certainly did when you know the the team tried to come forward. They weren't having any success. The, the passes were almost always offline behind somebody late getting there. Uh, just again, that was the lack of energy, the lack of decisiveness. Um, it it was ugly across the board. There were very few touches for Ramiro Enrique. And uh, then when he did get on the ball, things didn't go as they had on Saturday night as the, the young Argentine went from hero to zero in this game. It was an ugly, ugly, bad game for Ramiro. And uh, he made a mistake and compounded the mistake unnecessarily. It was uh, a pass, a little give and go with Dagger Dan. He put the ball behind Dogger Dan, so Dogger Dan was up the field, and Ramiro was left to track back, and not only left to track back, but uh, basically out on an island. Dogger Dan wasn't able to get back into the play; he was trying, but uh, Santiago Rodriguez brings the ball down. Once you, once the guy cuts into the box, you have to give him space because. A lot of times what those guys will do is try to get in front of you with you trailing and then put on the brakes and have you. And what happened? He he cut inside, got clipped. They both went down. If Ramiro had kept his feet, I don't know that VAR, I don't know that uh, Ismail Elfath on review would have overturned that because it was there was some contact, yes, but I think the fact that Ramiro fell down sealed the deal. It was like, yes, this is contact that they, and they both went down. So the foul was given after review and it, it was unnecessary because Rodrigo Schlegel actually came back and had helped was helping cut him off. So he was gone. He was, he was, there was nothing he was going to be able to do with the ball. He really have a whole lot of options there. So uh, unfortunate that the penalty was given. And then Dave, Pedro Glacier comes up with a big save. But wait, uh, nobody tracks the runner and they score on the rebound of a saved penalty kick and New York leads one nil. Yeah, that was one of those. Yes, no moments. Yeah, incredible save. Unfortunate uh, rebound. You can't control the rebound on a save like that. Uh, 
he just stuck out a fist and tried to keep it out and managed to do that. Uh, Bakrar, you know, came in on the run. Dagger Dan took especially, uh, uh, he especially took responsibility for that. Schlegel also didn't do anything really on that. To, I know a lot of people said that that thing was maybe encroachment. Um, I never saw a clear enough replay, and I didn't go back and rewatch the game to to notice if he left early. And every goal is checked, so if he left early, it should have been reviewed and, and overturned. But New York New York City team trying to get above the playoff line late in the season, you're not getting that call. No, you're not because. Uh you know, big market, uh, big eyeballs, and that's what they want. Um, especially since, you know, as we'll mention later, Orlando City are, you know, clinched at the end of this despite the loss. Uh, not that they care, but they certainly do care about NYCFC. So that one nil scoreline held until the half. Uh, it was there weren't really any good chances for Orlando City in this in this game at all, really, but there was there were a few half chances. There was a layoff to Pereira that he shot that was blocked by a defender, uh, but just not a lot going on on the offensive end. And it's one nil at halftime. They come out in the second half. Pereira makes a change, sends Angulo over to the right side, moves Torres more central, tries to. And I thought that that change really kind of helped Orlando City in the first 10 or 15 minutes of the second half. But yes. Not able to really take advantage of that. Again, no real clear-cut opportunities. I will give New York City FC credit. Their defense played very well in this game. Their back line, I was expecting a three-player, a three-man back line. They ended up going with a four. And I don't know if Orlando was prepared for that because they typically would play a three. But uh, when you play four across a narrow field, it's easier to cover coast-to-coast and... And uh, they did a good job of gumming up the works. So uh, credit to them. But also Orlando City has to do more in terms of, you know, trying to take shots from outside the box, trying to loosen up that defense a little bit. They really didn't. They moved the ball slowly and deliberately all night. And when a team's packed in, because they already had the lead, you're not going to move them by moving the ball. And you're not going to get any space if you don't move the ball quickly and move yourself quickly. And Orlando just, for whatever reason on this night, tired legs, travel, whatever, uh, hangover from Saturday, whatever you want to say about it, they couldn't get it done. And then another defending fiasco, and there were many, even in the second half after they had the warning sign after warning sign, there were a lot of them. Uh, Schlegel and Dagger Dan, uh, neither one taken Talis Magno for a 68-minute header and really, I mean, if you're Schlegel, you're the center back in the box. If there's only one offensive player in your area, you got to be on him like glue. You can't leave him so much space. It was, it was just a maddening game from Rodrigo, who is, I know a lot of people were really hard on him about how he's never been good and is awful every game. And that's simply not true. He has had a number of very strong games. This was not one of them. I think the reaction is, you know, one of frustration. Um, I hope, well, excuse me. I hope it is. If it's, if it's an honest belief that, you know, Rodrigo has not played good matches, then that's just, uh, that's just a lack of watching games critically, uh, because like you say, he has now to be fair that night. No, he was not good. No, you mentioned it right at the top. Um, and so, he doesn't get on, he, he doesn't mark the man. And, Comes in, header, 2-0. Yeah, and at that point, I knew the game was over. I, I know I've said that before, and Orlando City's come back, but it, it just, the energy wasn't there. You know, there in, in other games, the energy and the effort has been there, and you're like, okay, well, maybe if they get one to get back in this game, yeah, they got a shot. But I never saw where that one was going to come from in this game, and it never did come. It was, they they tried things. They tried put uh, Duncan McGuire on. They brought in Ojeda. I thought Ojeda did add something to the game, um, but and he 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 was getting into good areas to put in crosses, but they were getting cut out. Um, it, it just wasn't Orlando's night, and in the end, they don't even get a lousy consolation goal, and the game ends two nil New York City FC. They're still behind the playoff line; they are chasing to get in. 
But Orlando City, as you mentioned, clinched a playoff spot for the fourth consecutive year as DC United had the good sense to draw Atlanta United. And uh, that was what Orlando needed. They need they needed any one of three or four things to happen, and one of them did. And that's all it took. Um, so it's a, you know, you don't feel much about, you know, celebrating uh, a 2-0 loss and clinching the playoffs. But the reality is, it doesn't matter how you get in, just that you get in. Yeah. And they're in. And they're in with, you know, uh, what, five more matches to play, um, plenty of time to uh, secure, you know, home field and and all kinds of things. So it's it's all still there. Um, they just have to, they just have to pick it back up after, you know, what I feel honestly was a hangover, just a, a letdown midweek match. Um, yeah. it was, it was a trap match. And as you mentioned, they haven't, they haven't fallen into those traps, but look at some point, everybody does. And it just so happened to be that night. Yep. So two nil loss uh, snaps a six game unbeaten streak in league play for the lions. And, um, it just. You know, in the early years of Orlando City's existence, they had some success in New York City, winning some games, but they haven't done it in a while. It's not uh, a place that they have have fared well recently. I don't think this team is particularly built to play on those smaller fields. And although they do have they do have three or four guys who can put together quick little passing sequences and and move the ball well in space, but in this night they didn't do it accurately or quickly. Um, Torres looked at probably the best of the three attacking midfielders. Enrique offered nothing in this game. Um, I thought Pereira had an off night. I, I think Pereira has not quite been himself over about the last few weeks. So uh, I don't know if Maori needs a rest. Maybe it's time for the designated player to come off the bench and start. Uh, but, you know, for all his time on the pitch, Pereira does some good things, even when he's he's having off nights. but. This night he wasn't great and they needed him to be great because in on small fields with little space, you need your playmakers to make plays. You do. And I, I agree with you. I think maybe it, it is time, you know, give him a rest. Um, I know that Oscar doesn't like messing with the lineup too much, but if, if you want Mauricio uh, heading into the playoffs, which we now know they're going to, You've got five matches. There's plenty of opportunity to let him sit. You've got Ojeda who can come in. You've got Facundo you can move into the middle. There's there's all kinds of things you can do. Um, you can even then bring on Mikey Halliday and move Dagger Dan up into the midfield. So there's just there's stuff that can be done to give him a rest and still get results for the t- club. Yeah. All right. Well. You know, the, the nice thing is that we don't have to sweat going into decision day this year for the first time in two years. Yeah. I mean, this is this is fantastic as far as that goes. Uh, like I said, now it's just, OK, well, you know, where in the playoffs do do they end up for the, you know, the first match? Mm-hmm. Now it's about just finishing as high as they can so they can get home field. If you finish top four, you get two home games in the best two out of three series. And then after that, of course, the higher you finish. And the further you progress in the uh, in the tournament, the more home games you'll get, or the more likely you'll be to get an opponent that you're playing at home against. So that's the important thing. Um, all right, so two nil loss. Uh, man of the match, Dave. Uh, it's got to be Pedro Glace because uh, without him, it's way worse than two nil. Yeah, no brainer at all. Pedro made some big saves. Uh, some of them, thankfully, were shot at him uh, by former. Lion Andres Perea, who was left alone in front a number of times. I don't know if they just they all owe him money and this is their way of making it up to him. Just let him have shots. I mean, it, it was like he was invisible, was like he was wearing Harry Potter's invisibility cloak. Uh, Burke Risa had a wide open header off of a corner kick. I mean, it could have been much worse and probably they should have been punished for that defending more than they were. So um, they didn't take a beating in the. Uh, in the goal differential, the way they have there in the past in some years, but uh, kind of a surprising night. I expected a little more rotation than we saw. I thought that the, I thought both fullbacks would get rotated. There's not really much you can do about the center backs because you're down to only a couple healthy ones. And they didn't even bring Abdi Salim 
for this game. So if something had happened to Janssen or Schlegel, it would have had to have been Kyle Smith going in. Uh, it would have absolutely been El Solado. Uh, fortunately, it didn't come to that. Or I don't know, maybe unfortunately, Rodri didn't have a good night. So yeah, <laughs> it was a rough Kyle one. would have been better, but you know, <laughs> at some point, give it a shot. <laughs> yeah, my man of the match also, Pedro. I think this was one of the easiest ones to pick all year. I don't yeah. think anybody on the back line had a particularly good night. I don't think anybody in front of the defensive midfield had a very good night. And even Cesar, uh, Cesar is the one that lost Burke Risa on the on the uh, corner kick uh, for the chance that he should have put home. And um, and Wilder was I thought Wilder was OK and he was definitely getting under people's skin. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, we move on. Turn our attention to enter Miami on Sunday. We'll talk a little bit more about that later in the show. Have our key matchups and our score predictions. Um we did try to get a guest for this show that never wrote back on Twitter or email. So uh, no guest for this show. Oh, well, we tried. Yep, we did try. And we're going to have our mailbag box, obviously. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on what's up next for OCB as well. We're going to get to all of that right after this. And Dave, we're back and, uh, I know you've been gone, so uh, I have to ask you, when you were gone, did you miss the mailbag box? Michael, I always miss the mailbag box because I love the mailbag box. Mailbag box. I'm evidently, I'm still really tired. (laughs) Yeah, well, it happens. It happens, especially when you, uh, you don't sleep. So... A couple of ways you can ask us anything here at the Mainland Podcast. Uh, If you don't know them by now, you might be new, as we say it every time. Uh, You can email us at themainland at gmail.com. That's one way. You can hit us up on Twitter. At the Mainland is our Twitter account. Make sure you add us and use the hashtag AskTMLPC. You can also go to themainland.com and visit the Mainland Podcast page. And you can fill out the form there, and it will email us on your behalf. So uh, I'm going to check in the email and i do see dave that we have a question that was submitted via the web form all right excellent and it was submitted by matthew waldschmidt okay what's matthew got to say very simple question from matthew uh who do you consider orlando's biggest rival to be um right now I would consider it to be inter Miami. Um, it's in state. Um, there's, you know, been stuff on the field. Uh, plus just so sick of everything messy. Yeah, it's Miami. Um, slightly ahead of Atlanta in terms of, of fierceness of the rivalry. But, uh, I think since Miami's coming to the league, you obviously have to take, uh, take into account your in-state rival ahead of a uh, you know one that's on the border so i would say it's miami and yeah i'm i'm tired of them they now have enough former atlanta personnel to make it even worse mm-hmm. and uh, and they apparently get to cheat and then get a slap on the wrist and then while they're still being slapped on the wrist they get to sign the best player in the world and then all of that player's friends who should be designated players give the messy discount and come over and don't require a DP slot. So um, feels like a little bit of a uh, special treatment there. And uh, when the league and the network that the league is on and the uniform supplier of the league all have a financial investment in one player, they also have a financial investment in the success of that player's team. That makes for bias. That makes for an uneven playing field. And that makes me hate Miami that much more. Of course, it's even worse than that, Michael. MLS is a single entity, which yeah. means that Orlando City is paying for part of Messi's salary. It's a great point. You, it, it makes it even worse when you un, when you make the playing field uneven for one team in an entity that owns all the teams. Yes, and thus everybody else is paying for messy and i know we said it before but the you know the argument then goes oh yeah but everybody's going to get the benefit of increased ticket sales and stuff like that Uh, okay how does that help my my team on the pitch 
How does that help my team make the playoffs? How does that help my team do anything that is related to winning games? Yeah, it's one time a year. It's not, uh, it's not that big. What's the difference between selling out the stadium or maybe being 2,400 below capacity? It's, it's hardly worth the uneven playing field. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's not even close to being worth it. And as I mentioned, you know, weeks and weeks ago, uh, that I spoke to an inner Miami fan who made that argument and I explained to him why that was a bad argument. And he admitted, you're right. It is a bad argument. We have already seen this happen. I mean, the, if the league has a, a financial investment in a player playing, he won't be sent off. We saw a second yellow infraction against, uh, Messi in the league's cup game. It was an obvious yellow card. It should have been called. He, they didn't even call a foul on him. And, uh, you know, the, the announcers talked for about the next five minutes about how that was. He was lucky not to get a second yellow. He's not lucky. He is protected. Uh, he's protected to the point where, um, and, and it, you're already seeing the complaining. When he doesn't play at an away match and people have spent the money to see Messi, including me for my stepdaughter this weekend. And now it seems that my stepdaughter for her birthday will not get to see that. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. The, the thing though, is, is that again, when you want, if you're Apple TV and you want more people to watch your programming and you know that messy playing will make more people watch your programming. You probably are rooting for Miami to beat Orlando in advance. And that's what happened. So I'm not saying that it wouldn't have happened anyway. Uh, at the time, I believe it was one, one and Orlando would have had to play a 10 man Miami without Messi in the second half. And who knows? Maybe nobody scores. Maybe Miami still scores a goal. Who knows? Uh, it, you know, that's the thing is we'll never know what would have happened, but I feel pretty confident that team would not have lost by two goals. That Orlando city game uh, that, or that Orlando city team would not have lost that game by two goals. Had Messi been sent off in the first half. Well, and didn't he score a goal after that? Uh, he scored the third goal. So I know they wouldn't have scored that one. Yep. And um, you know, they may have still got the soft penalty on on Martinez and you know early in the second half. Who knows? But uh, but maybe if they're down a man, they don't have the ball in that situation. Yeah, it's uh, yes, we're still upset about it, but not because <laughs> we lost. Honestly, not because we lost. Like you say, we could have lost that match anyway. Yeah, I, we're I mean, upset, it, or it could have gone to it could have gone stayed one one and gone to penalties, and Orlando could have lost the penalty shootout. I mean. We don't There's know what would have happened, but the point is we do know what did happen as a result of the rules of the game, not being properly applied. Correct. And that is what we're upset about yeah. is it not the, the rules of the game, not being applied equally and fairly. And yeah. the result that happened from that was should be tainted, but of course, you know, the league and everybody else, they don't care. All right. Well, that's uh, that's Matthew Waldschmidt's answer, and it's a long one, but uh, that's it for what we got in the Gmail and uh, and from the form. What do you got there in the Twitters, Dave? Anything? Um, I, you know, we we didn't, but I think we missed one from the previous week. And uh, remind me if if we actually did. Um, it was from Danny Phillips, and I don't remember a Danny Phillips question, but go read so, the question. Danny, I'm sorry that we missed it before, but uh, here's what it is. Um, he said, as a Orlando City season ticket member, and someone who lived in Wisconsin for 10 plus and has endured many a winter sporting event, including watching the Packers at Lambeau in six inches of snow. I must say dealing with the heat here, especially in the evening, is better than suffering the cold. Oh, OK. That's not a question. <laughs> it's not, but I'm going to take it as such. And I'm going to, I'm going to argue that one. Well, I mean, he, the, he's referring to a question we had, uh, about the calendar, about the, 
the adopting the FIFA calendar when we were we were ordering first through third three right. different things or three or four different things that which one would happen first and I, my argument was that I don't see this league going to a European calendar anytime soon because of the fact that too many games would get canceled because of bad weather if they played through December January February um it, it it's just a fact i think that they there would be way too many and then we we kind of devolved that into a conversation about you know would you rather go to a game when it's hot or would you rather go to a game when it's cold people can put more clothes on when it's cold but they can't take they can only take so much off when it's hot yes all of that is true um but people have been dealing with hot weather games for a long time and they've they've made some adjustments to that we haven't seen the afternoon uh, Saturday contests that we've this year that we've seen in the past, which is uh, I'm not sure why, because um, we, as we well know, MLS does not care about Orlando City, so that must be just a quirk of scheduling and not something intentional, <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. That was Apple wanting to put all the games on at the same time. Yes, exactly. So that had nothing had absolutely nothing to do with the weather. It was yeah. simply what Apple wanted. Yeah, and there you go. It all goes back to money, money, money. All right, there's your mailbag box for this episode. Thanks, everybody who sent in questions. Uh, remember to get your question in for next time. You can email us at themainland at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Twitter at the mainland with the hashtag AskTMLPC, or you can fill out the form on the Mainland Podcast page of themainland.com. All of those ways will work. We'd also love it if you'd help us out with the dreaded algorithm by taking five or 10 seconds out of your day and leaving us a five-star rating and review or whatever star you think we deserve, uh, wherever you get your podcasts. And just a reminder, if you do that on Apple Podcasts, we'll find it, we'll read it on the show, and potentially use your uh, five-star review as a testimonial on our website. So uh, all of that can be yours for the low, low price of nothing at all and just a few minutes of your time. Zero dollars, minimal effort, helps us immensely. Yeah. All right. OCB, Dave, about ready to close out the regular season. OCB, of course, has also clinched a playoff berth. So that means two of the three clubs or two of the three teams of, from the club have clinched the postseason. What a time to be alive, Michael. It's fantastic stuff. And the Young Lions, Dave, will be closing out the season on Sunday at home against Cincinnati 2. FC Cincinnati 2. FC Cincinnati 2, not as good as FC Cincinnati won. No, thus it being two, although two is more than one. So see, this is why you shouldn't use two <laughs> in any of the forms that they use it in. That's why B is better. Literally B stands for better. Okay. I didn't know that. Uh, but yes, uh, FC Cincinnati two has been eliminated from playoff contention. They sit 12th in the standings in the Eastern Conference with seven wins, 16 losses, four draws, two shootout victories. Then uh, you look way up in the fifth spot, and that's where OCB is at uh, 43 points at 12, 10, and 5. The Young Lions will finish with a winning record. They have two shootout wins on the season as well. So Orlando City B cannot catch New York Red Bulls two for fourth place Orlando city B will be trying to win this game to stay ahead of Chicago fire two and Chicago fire two is only two points behind the young lions. And as you'll recall, fire two gave the young lions fits this year. So um, Orlando city B needs to, uh, to get that win against Cincinnati, go in with a little bit of momentum, and then we'll see what the chaos brings because MLS next pro the top seeds get to pick their opponent in the postseason. I'm not making that up. It just sounds like it. I, it's uh, amazing. It, it harkens back to the you know old school penalty MLS penalty kick, uh, where you know they're they're running at it and the keepers coming out. Just that kind of craziness. It gives me that vibe. Yeah, it definitely gives you that vibe. It's a it's it's an insane rule. <laughs> I can't, <laughs> I can't wait to see somebody pick a team that knocks them out. And then they go. Nope. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely going to happen. And it's going to happen this playoff. I, 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 I'm 99%. Yes. So, um, 
we will see which one of those teams uh, does that and and regrets it. And uh, it will be fun to laugh at them. It will. And I hope that it's OCB <laughs> that does it to them. That would be phenomenal. All right, Dave, let's turn our attention to the final order of business. And that is to preview Orlando City and enter Miami. Of course, Orlando City went to Miami twice this year already. They won in the regular season uh, with the first enter Miami. We'll call them the first one because this team is looks a lot different than it used to. Yep. And then went to Miami again for the League's Cup because obviously they won their they won their uh, group. So obviously they had to go on the road to play another group winner. The only group winner that had to do that, and they lost three one. Uh, with a, a lot of assistance from some very curious and interesting officiating uh, and lack of officiating. Uh, so they're, they're, the teams have split the first two games, both in Fort Lauderdale at uh, that Lego erector set stadium that they have down there, uh, Daft Punk or whatever they call it. And uh, now this will be in the beautiful Purple Palace and uh, Exploria Stadium will be rocking on Sunday night. They, uh, this is a marquee matchup, and it will be very interesting to see uh, what lineup Miami goes with because we've been told that Jordi Alba and Lionel Messi will not play in this game. Mm-hmm. Whether that's true or not, uh, I will. <laughs> I may be a very cynical old man, but I will believe it when I see it. Because this is all kinds of setup for miraculous recovery by Lionel Messi. Uh, oh, oh, what a champion shaking off that injury to come back and lead his team to victory. I mean, it just smacks of the gross adulation that the league has given to this guy. Yes, we get it. He's the best player on the planet, maybe the best player ever, but my God. Go to Apple, go to Apple TV Plus, go to the MLS uh, tab and scroll down and just feast your eyes on all that pink and all that messy content um, to the point where it, if you're looking for MLS Next Pro, you're scrolling for days. Oh, oh, so long. There's there's so many different um, messy subsections uh, that it's it's really quite sickening um i i'm you know i don't mind pink as a color like i never have i've I've always thought it's been a nice color there's lots of things that you know uh you know people do with pink that are are worthy uh but i cannot stand enter miami pink at this point it's you know as a seminole fan i i don't like orange because of the gators and and university of miami but at this point it's Inner Miami pink is just as bad to me. Like I, I it, it gives me, I, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't. Yeah, I hear you. And and I would say the MLS homepage since Messi officially signed and even maybe a, a week or two before that, I would say 90, I'm going to, I'm going to be generous and say 93 or conservative. I should say, say at least 93% of the days between then and now, Messi's been the picture on the top front center of the website. Absolutely. And he has his own section on the website as well on the homepage. But, you know, fair and balanced. So anyway, um, so if he plays, I will probably be the only one who's not surprised. (laughs) Um, I actually, I wouldn't be surprised either. Look, I'm, you know, I'm of two minds on this. as a stepfather, I, I I want him to at least make an appearance so that, you know, the gift I was giving to my stepdaughter for her birthday, which is, you know, the following week was to see the person who she prior to him coming to Miami, she was she was a fan of his. Mm-hmm. And so as a stepfather, I was wanting to give that to her that experience. So the stepfather part of me wants him to at least make an appearance. The Orlando City fan wants him to make an appearance. Because I don't want any freaking excuses when we beat Inter Miami. Oh, well, they were without Messi. Oh, no, no, we beat you in Exploria. Go home. Yeah. 
Um, as I, as we record this, I just looked uh, in the folder, the league folder, and there are no game notes yet submitted. So as of right now, there is no game note that exists, as you and I record, that says Messi is listed as out. We only have one press conference uh, as proof, quote-unquote proof, that he won't play. Uh, I'm not convinced. I I don't really care. I was going to be interested to see what all the, uh, you know, what the security was going to be, how different the security was going to be at the stadium. You know, we talked about the beautiful game and that massive pitch invasion. And I was interested to see if something was going to happen here, because I'll be quite honest with you. I'm really surprised there hasn't been more of that uh, in the messy games, but people have been pretty well behaved for these and, uh, and kudos to them for doing that. But um I was anxious to see if is Orlando going to be the place where somebody actually gets on the pitch and runs out and uh, tries to get a selfie with him. Uh, but he has to play for that to happen. So we'll, we'll see. But anyway, Miami's got some dangerous players, obviously, even without him, a Busquets is still a creator from deep and you've got guys like uh, Taylor playing very, very well and Kramashi and, uh, of course, Leonardo Campana is is very dangerous as a striker. So there's still plenty of people for Orlando City to worry about and for the defense to have a bounce back game. They need to be at their best because they will be punished. If they play like that against those attackers, they will be badly punished in a way that New York City was unable to punish them. So uh, that's that is certainly an important aspect of this game. In fact, I'm going to call that my key matchup. Well, Michael, um, that was going to be and really still is my key matchup as well as the the defense against Campana and Martinez and and all and Busquets and all the rest. I mean, that's that's really where uh, Orlando City needs to step up. But since you said it, I'm going to hop on over to the other side of the pitch and remind the Lions that they also, if they want to win matches, they have to score goals, which they failed to do in the last match. Now they're at home. I think that the team overall will have a bounce back. Um, but yeah, uh, Facundo, uh, Duncan, Enrique, Ojeda, I don't care. And I said this many times, I don't care who scores somebody score. Um, and I think if they can get out to an early lead that helps them, against uh miami and so you know that'll be my that'll be my key matchup knowing that you know the real one is the same as yours yeah the problem is this team doesn't like to score in the first half of games um you're right i mean there there is easily a second key matchup here and that is the attack because yes they scored four against columbus ramiro had a great night in that game but he reverted in this last game and and we have not seen any consistent run of good form from Romero Enrique this year. And, you know, coming off of a, of a player of the match day performance, you would have hoped he would have been a little bit more um, influential on the game than he was. Uh, you look at the, at the guy who they, who won the, the job, won the starting striker role uh, to the point where the team uh, jettisoned uh, Erchan Kara in the, uh, summer window and you look at Duncan McGuire and his last goal came in Leafs cup against Santos Laguna way back on July 29th, his last game, his last goal, I'm sorry, in, uh, in league play came at Atlanta on July 15th. So it's been a minute for the rookie. I think we've hit the proverbial rookie wall, but that isn't to say that he can't, you know, do some Duncan things. He can, and he, he had a bit, I mean, you know, he got a run out in the last match. I mean, yeah, he was hurt, but he, he got a bit of a rest. Hopefully that will, uh, have let him recharge. And, and if Enrique gets the start, I'm okay with that, especially if big Duncan come on when everybody else is a little bit more tired because, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, at the beginning of the year, when he, he wasn't the, the starter, he was able to come on and that's when he was scoring a bunch of goals is, is, is coming on and getting that. So if, if we revert back to that, let Enrique start and he comes on and, and does big dunk stuff in the uh, second half, maybe that's a good plan. 
Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I'm 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 I was very concerned when they when they announced the Cara transfer. I was very concerned about it. And this is the New York game shows exactly why I was concerned about it. There was yep. there was no sniff from either striker. Neither one had a shot. Both of them had very few touches. Um, that's kind of what I feared might it might look like. And uh, hopefully it will. That was an aberration and not not the new normal. So uh, I will be very interested to see if Orlando City can cash in and score some goals. Bruno Torres, um, Martino Heda, probably off the bench, maybe. Uh, we know we're not getting a lot of goals from Mangulo. We're not getting a lot of goals from Pereira. So they got to come from somewhere. And uh, right now they've got to rely on their DPs and they got whoever they put at striker. So that's uh, that's pretty important. So, yeah, two two key matchups. Dave, do you have a score prediction? I do, Michael. Um, I'm going to be positive. Here's the reasons I'm going to be positive. Um, this team, uh, typically, if you, if you look back through the the season um bounces back after a loss um they don't always get the win but if you look back um there's there's no back-to-back losses um in the mls uh regular season um they often will win that next match and it's at exploria it's a big time game everybody is going to be up for it the crowd is going to be rocking and i and my wife my stepdaughter and my friend are all going to be there too and we know that at least in the past, when I've made the trip down, I don't know if it's because of me, but the team seems to play better. All right. Well, all right. So, so what do you got? Two one win in Exploria against the the hated DVR Pinks. All right. I'm gonna say I want to see this team scoring goals again. Uh so I'm going to predict a if Messi doesn't play, I'm going to predict a one-one draw. If Messi plays, I'm going to predict the three-one loss. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm being cynical, but I really did not like that the look of the team on Wednesday. I hope they do have a reaction from that and bounce back. Um, sometimes a, a performance like that can sort of linger. We've seen that just a couple of seasons ago. I think they went on like a four-game losing streak late in the year when they were. They were kind of cruising. Then all of a sudden, uh, the defense started playing poorly, and they weren't scoring, and they they lost several in a row. And it was it was an ugly end to the season. But uh, hopefully, that loss was a wake up call, and we'll see on Sunday night if it was. I I agree. Uh, to to give the numbers a little bit on what I mentioned, um, there's what six you know seven losses on the season. Um, the six that had a game after them so far, the Lions uh, won four of those matches following a loss and drew two of them. Okay. So that's that's not too shabby. Not too shabby. Pretty pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. Um, it was. I think it was twenty twenty one. I was thinking of. Yeah. They it came off a three two win over Columbus. Yep. Uh. And then lost at Atlanta, at home to Montreal, at Philadelphia, and at New England. Now, those are three pretty difficult places to get results. Yeah. But they also gave up three goals, four goals, three goals, and two goals in those games. They did. Um, yeah, that was that was rough. That was rough. But, uh, you know, that was also two years ago. This is a different squad. That is true. That is true. All right. So we'll see what happens. We'll come back next week. And we will break down the Inter-Miami game. We will check back in with our predictions and uh, see what happened. And we will give give you all the key plays and all the key players and pick our man of the match and all that fun stuff. And uh, Dave, then we will be looking ahead and turning our attention to the very next game, which I will remind you is at home on the 30th. That's a Saturday against... That same Montreal team, CF Montreal. It is. And that will be the second to last home game of the se- of the regular season. So basically what you're saying is get your rear ends out to explore you. Yeah, they've uh, they've got Miami on Sunday. They've got the uh, they've got the club foots on the 30th and then they will finish off the home regular season slate on the 7th against the New England Revolution. They've still got to go to. A few places. Uh, they've got to go to Toronto on the final weekend. 
they've got to go to Nashville on Wednesday, the 4th of October. So a couple games left on the road and a couple of games left at home. We are getting down to it and it's time to finish strong. They, that, that was a shame because Cincinnati drew uh, on the midweek. And if Orlando city would have beaten New York city FC, they would now be within the proverbial two games of the shield. They would be six points out, but instead they dropped to nine. Yeah, not great, Bob, but, uh, there's still matches to be played mathematically still possible depending yeah. on how the, everything falls. Um, but it's got to start. It's got to start this Sunday. Yeah. And the other thing is that Columbus absolutely destroyed their opponents. So they climbed back within two points of Orlando city. You gotta, gotta finish in the top four to get the best two of three series at home. So that's what they're up against. And if they, I mean, this team's been a good road team all season, but the playoffs are a different animal. You do not want to be the visiting team two out of three times in the postseason. You do not. And Orlando, uh, it, the, their fate is in their hands uh, as far as that goes. Um, you know, if win out or even probably just get results in every match and you'll be you'll be all right. I like to say they control their own destiny. I think I coined that phrase. Yeah, I, I believe that's that's. Uh, Probably a Michael Citro original. 100% accurate. No need to Google it. No, no, definitely don't look that up. All right. Anything left to, to discuss before we get out of here, Dave? Uh, just the normal. If, uh, you know, if you if you run into me at uh, Exploria this Sunday, make sure you say, hey, are you wearing your I love the mailbag box T-shirt? Um, are you going to go know, with the Michael. jersey? I, you know what? I'm going to wear the, I love the mailbag box under the Jersey. And that way we got everything represented. All right. Dave will be the sweaty guy. I'll be the sweaty guy, <laughs> which is, you know, when we mentioned it earlier, it's probably going to be no matter what I wear, it's probably going to be the sweaty guy. True enough. But uh, the extra shirt will probably not be helpful to you. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for episode number 377. I can't believe we're bearing down on the number 400, Dave. Uh, oh, but we so are awesome. indeed, and uh, we appreciate everybody who listened, everybody who sent in uh, some questions for the mailbag box, and we'll be back next time. Please read our material at themainland.com. We are independent, and we would love to have you aboard as a reader. Of course, we uh, invite you to like us on Facebook. You can follow Dave on Twitter at Mainland Dave. You can follow me at Mainland Michael. You can follow the Mainland at the Mainland. And of course, you can follow our sister show. That is Scope Herp Soccer. They cover the Orlando Pride. I say they, but it's us. It's us. <laughs> uh, at Scope Herp Soccer on Twitter as well. We would love to have you listening to that show if you are a Pride supporter. So thanks, everybody. We will see you next time. And the only thing left to say is go city. <laughs>